And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, it is Monday, December 6th, 2021. The, the regular season and the conference championship weekend is over, Andy. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. Coaching carousels, Heismans, and the Bulls, and the playoff, of course. Uh, I am your host, David Ubbin, joined as always by my co-host, Andy Staples. Uh, Andy, welcome to the end of the season, sort of. Uh, football and Grits, your SEC football podcast. Uh, Andy, Georgia is no longer undefeated. However, you know what is still undefeated, Andy? Besides Cincinnati. Uh, my podcast, Mike, uh... It has never flown with me and not gotten my bag searched, and we remained unblemished this week. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get podcast mics that's, that's that look less like grenades. Is, <laughs> uh, it is. It is my favorite. Is uh, they they will put it through the X ray and they'll say, "What are these things that look like microphones?" I'm like, "Microphones." <laughs> yeah. Now, the the one that always got me is is. When I do shows for SiriusXM, I, I, I do it on a, a box called a Comrex. The only way to safely carry that Comrex, because it's a very sensitive touch screen that if you break, you cannot use the device at all. The only way to carry that safely on an airplane is in a case. Unfortunately, the only cases that work for it, that fit it perfectly, are pistol cases. So that right. got me searched every single time. Every time. I was used to it. I haven't flown with it uh, in a couple years, but I'm glad it could keep its keep its perfect mark. Uh, Andy, I was not at the Oklahoma City Airport last night, but you know who was? Brent Venables and a lot of Oklahoma fans. That uh, that 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 coaching search is done. It, you know what this feels like to me, Andy, more than anything, and, and we'll get into. Uh, some of the SEC uh, tentacles here. Bob Stoops was asked about the Lincoln Rally stuff last week, and he said he was disappointed, and he said the rest is between me and Lincoln. I think Bob, who was obviously involved in this search, I, I think if you truth serumed him, he'd feel pretty betrayed by handing this program to Lincoln Riley and having him sort of say, thanks, I'm, I'm going to see you in L.A., and I think he feels like Brent Venables is someone who uh, might appreciate that logo a little bit more than Lincoln Riley. You think I'm off base here? I, I think you're right about that, David. And the the other thing about this is Brent Venables. If you remember, you Joe Castiglione, the AD, was hiring a coach to coach in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Riley. I think made clear by his actions that that's not a place he wanted to be. That's not a place he wanted to go. I mean, but even even Bob Stoops toward the end probably wasn't the kind of guy who wanted to be 
the lead recruiter for an SEC team. Brent Venables has been recruiting for Clemson since he got there in 2012. He's been one of their more aggressive guys. Uh, he's been one of the guys who's who's gone out and landed a lot of people. Who does Clemson compete against on the recruiting trail? All the SEC teams, Andy. Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, right? It's South Carolina in their own state, but Georgia and Alabama, Auburn, mm-hmm. that's who they're seeing a ton in Atlanta. Obviously, they're, they're also competing against Ohio State nationally. So this is, this is what's interesting about this hire to me is it feels like this was geared toward, even though Venables was a guy who'd been at Oklahoma, this was them looking and saying, who can help us be an SEC team? And it's odd that it's a guy coming from an ACC team, but anybody who's ever been to Clemson or been to a game at Clemson will tell you Clemson is an SEC team that happens to be in the ACC. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, I, you know, not to not to step on our boy Ari's toes here, but it starts with recruiting, and that's the most important thing. Uh, I, I think I, I'm hesitant to say more than ever, but I think you're seeing that there's not an equalizer in college football right now. You know, we saw kind of in the early 2000s the spread offense, people moved into that era, and they were able to make up some of those talent deficiencies. You're not seeing talent deficiencies made up easily or really anywhere. Uh, so you better have the best talent. And so. I think this this is not uh, you know one that's going to be you know this is probably not a hire that's going to be leading Sports Center, but I think it's one that we saw obviously last night it meant a lot to OU fans. Uh, even the way it ended for Brent Venables at, at Oklahoma, he gave them a lot of good years. They won a bunch of games together. Obviously, that relationship with uh, with OU still means a lot to him. Uh, that that smile from Brett Venables on the on the airplane uh, coming back some of the videos that they that they dropped uh, man that's a happy guy uh, and I think you know he's a person that that really wants the OU job uh, as we uh, not to get too far out of the outside out of the SEC footprint but uh, the uh, he doesn't need uh, it's like an two SEC days. job, David. You can you can say it all you want. Yes, but, he doesn't and, and need two days to decide, kind of like, like some like some other folks yeah. right now. Uh, so right. I think right. he needed about two seconds to decide if he wanted to take that job, um, and I think that means a lot. Well, so Andy, the the key question here is, as we're talking on the SEC pod, when is Brent Venables going to be an SEC coach? Not in theory, but but in reality. I, I don't think it's going to be 2025. I think it's going to be sooner than that. Now, the Big 12 released a schedule last week that included Texas and OU. Mm-hmm. So I, I would think, and I didn't hear any protest from the Texas and OU people. So I would think that they're kind of accepting that maybe this, this year is going to have to be in the Big 12. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be much longer than that because I, I'm curious to see – as this playoff wrangling continues, you know, Greg Sankey has, has sort of dug in and said, uh, I would like the proposal that we all came up with, that him and Bob Bowlesby and, and Craig Thompson and, and Jack Swarbrick came up with, and that was including the top six ranked conference champs. The, the, the other leagues would kind of like the power five champs guaranteed a spot, and then the top group of five champ gets a spot. If Greg Sankey would be willing to bend on that, specifically with the Big 12, if he would if he'd go to Bob Bowlesby and say, I will trade you my vote on this, 
if you give me Texas and Oklahoma in 2023. You think Bob Bowlesby says no to that, David? I don't know if that's enough. I think I'd want more. Because it's kind of, I, I think I'd want more. I really do. Well, they're going to uh, get money. They're going to get a bunch of money. Uh, anyway. If you're going to be, but yeah, I, I, I don't know that that's enough for, for, for me if I'm Bob Bowlesby. The, the, the thing is, it helps their TV deal. Yeah. If you can guarantee that one of these teams is going to make the playoff. It's a different league if one of the teams is guaranteed to make the playoff. The Big 12 is viewed differently. Uh, it's, on, it's in a different echelon. It's on a different tier. And I think that's a pretty valuable chip. Now, you say, well, you got to have more than that. I, I don't know that you do. I, I really don't because that, that, is, that is something that the Big 12 can't get back if it goes away. And, you know, if, if they decide to go hardline, then Greg Sankey can go hardline on the playoff and say, well, well, I'll just go with the original plan and you guys are screwed once they leave. I, I agree, but I don't know. In a 12-team playoff, if if putting a team in there every year is going to mean the same to a league as it would, obviously, right now. I mean, obviously, it won't mean the same. But I think you're going to have so many, you know, uh, leagues represented that I think the impact of that, of having a team in there every year on the perception of a league, I don't know that it's going to have as much impact. Um, I think it's going to be worse. If you can't get a team in the 12-team playoff, that's going to be awful. Well, but I, I don't you think it's would, the Big it's that they had an wouldn't be able to. crisis in 2014. Yeah, I don't think it's that they wouldn't be able to as much as just, you know. They, uh, they would get – it would happen for – now, here's the thing. The Big 12, especially as constituted, probably would get a team in every year. Yeah. Without the guarantee. That's kind of what guarantee? I'm saying I'm is I don't you. know that, that – I don't, I don't know that it's going to be – if you don't – it's one of those things where it's sort of a uh, – if you get them in – well, that's what you're supposed to do, and if you don't, the sky is falling type of situation in a 12-team right. playoff. Right, but you could never, you could, you could have the sky never fall. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Greg Sankey can dangle that out there, and and maybe that gets Oklahoma and Texas there sooner. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see if they ever mount a legal challenge or or anything like that. It I has been pretty quiet, but it's a long off that season. long. Yeah, I mean, I. I yeah. think it, you know, certainly I would not expect it next year, maybe one more year. 2025 has always been a fantasy, just untenable for a million different reasons. This fall wasn't as bad as I thought it might have been. Um I was concerned for their for their well-being a little bit, but it wasn't that bad. Um but over time it just gets old, you're going to want to move on and and not be in this sort of lame duck situation. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Andy, we've been beating the drum all season long. And then uh, Bryce Young smashed it on Saturday night. You know, this is the Heisman Trophy is for the most outstanding player in college football over the course of a season. This is accurate. But it also is for the person that I think is, you know, that's the most outstanding player. But you, can, you can't have a more uh, convincing closing argument than what Bryce Young had on Saturday. However, do you think that – I think it was enough for him to win. I As of this moment – I have not turned in my Heisman ballot. I'm doing that shortly. Do you think that Bryce Young did enough to be the runaway Heisman winner that I suspect he may be, Andy? I think he will win because I think there's so many voters who don't know how to watch yes. a football game other than watching the ball, and so they'll they'll vote for a quarterback. They'll I agree vote, with you, okay, but... Which quarterback or running back should I vote for? But based on what we saw Saturday, I can't blame someone who saw that Saw him eviscerate a defense. No, that's done he was. That. He was. I can't blame him. I. I didn't. He, I don't think I will do it. Was, but I can't blame he, anyone that does. He was fabulous on Saturday. He was fantastic. So no, you can't blame them for that. Now, he still isn't the best player on his own team. Will Anderson had a better overall season. Was more consistent. Uh, but I don't have a problem if you want to vote Bryce yeah, Young number that's one. That's kind of where like, I'm it, at. It is. It's an argument. It's an argument you can make. I, I still think Will Anderson is the better player in Tuscaloosa and is the most outstanding player in the country. But it, you can you can definitely make an argument. And the way look, Bryce Young was the reason that they did that to Georgia's defense. Yes, he was he was phenomenal. I think even it, after they lost, like at the the you want to know what his Heisman moment was for me in that game, David? Was it? It the, wasn't. It wasn't the, the Jamison Williams bomb. It was a fumble recovery. Yeah, that was impressive. Was, that that legitimately, <clears throat> him sitting there and five Georgia guys around him and him grabbing it with one arm. That was dare I say clownian. <laughs> it it was it, it it was a very athletic move. Not it, not quite as as kind of physically impressive as what Clowney did. But think of who he's fighting against in that pile. Mm-hmm. And at the at that point in that game, if they lose that fumble. It's a different ball game. It's maybe a very different ball game. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 think, I thought that was that was really incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a week ago I would have had a problem if people put Bryce Young because that just tells me you're you're not really paying that close of attention to Alabama or to college football in general. But you know, it, it sort of bleeds into a, another Heisman candidate who I'm not sure will even make my ballot anymore. 
uh, of Jordan Davis, who his presence and that defensive front for for Georgia, Georgia basically said we didn't really practice, uh, you know, run stuff that much in practice that week, and Alabama said we kind of knew we had to throw it. This was going to be a throw type of game. They put the whole thing on Bryce Young because of Jordan Davis in part, and Bryce Young was good enough to do it. Um, and that was it. I, I, I mentioned this this weekend, but I don't remember the last time that one team over a 13-game season, as, he, as it currently stands, is responsible for a third of the points put on a team. That is... I just forty-one points on Georgia is not something that I that was on my uh, uh, on my vision board, I suppose, before the SEC title game. So props to Alabama. That was uh, that was the Alabama we've been waiting to see all season that we haven't really seen. I mean, that was the best Alabama performance in who knows how long, Andy. I, I can't even remember. I mean, that was that was unbelievable. Well, certainly since twenty twenty, um, for them to do that is is impressive. And like you said. That was because of Bryce Young. Alabama's not 12 and 0 because of Bryce Young. Was not 12 and 0 going into that game, but they're 13 and 0 and they're in the playoff because of Bryce Young. And I think he did win the Heisman. I don't know that he'll be number 1 on my ballot, but uh I I think that did it for him. Yeah, and and again, I I can understand your arguments for making him number 1 on your ballot. Uh, you know, and, and I had somebody say, "Well, he's been this guy all season." I'm like, "No, he hasn't." No, <laughs> no one, <laughs> no, he hasn't. And two, he didn't. He hasn't been that guy against Georgia, uh, because you're hearing a lot. I've heard a lot of, "Well, now, what happens when Georgia plays the real offense?" Georgia's been giving up like five points a game, guys. I don't care who you're playing. Like, that's insane. Like, the 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 so-called yeah. Georgia's defense was overrated thing. Okay. Maybe overrated, and maybe they're not the best defense in a decade, but they're the best defense this season by a wide, wide margin, and they got shredded. Uh, so I, I did not take that as a referendum that much on Georgia's defense as much as, man, we got peak Bama. And Bryce Young, by the way, did that in the second half with no John Mechie, who will miss the playoff as well after uh, I think what they're terming a significant knee injury. It looks, sounds like a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah, and and they didn't slow down after he got hurt. And unfortunately, the, I mentioned the, the fumble recovery play. That was the play he got hurt on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they they kept right on going because I wondered when Mechie went down, yeah. would, would Georgia be able to limit what Alabama could do through the air? And they could not. And I thought, yeah, again, I thought we were going to see a, Bryce Young, a, so. a triple team. Uh, yeah, I thought we were going to see a, a triple team uh, John or a triple team uh, Jamison Williams situation, and it was going to be the Slade Bolden hour. But we did not. We did not see that uh, a huge game from well, Jamison Williams. It, it became the Slade Bolden and, and Jaleel Billingsley hour <laughs> yeah. enough that yeah. they couldn't yeah. focus on Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean that, that's that's what happened. Alabama's other weapons showed up, and that's not always been the case this year. So, I really think that if Alabama plays that way, they can win the national title. My my question and what, what I'm curious about your opinion on David is because we've only seen that. We, I think we've seen that twice this year. I think we saw that in the Ole Miss game and we saw that in the, in the Georgia game where they, they played lights out. Will they play two games yeah. like that in the playoff? Well, I'm intrigued to see it. Uh, I'm not as, um, uh, I'm not as sold on Cincinnati is going to get 
whacked as Ari is uh, on the show earlier. I, I think they have a better chance than people realize. No, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with Ari on that. I, I think, think it's. It, I, I think I, they can give Alabama. Yeah, a, I think a they can too. Game. The thing that makes me nervous is a month for Saban to prep. Uh, that would that would be. That's not something that I would welcome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if this was a week, I'm telling you, I might yeah. pick now, Cincinnati. I will say that they're they're about. Yeah, I think Alabama may may have to run a little more mm-hmm. in in this game, but probably will be able to run yes. a little more than they did on because that's what you know. People have been saying Georgia's weak spot is the secondary. It's just nobody's even gotten to the secondary. Yeah, <laughs> like, My, nobody's had enough. It's time interesting. To throw. Nobody's know, been able to run on, on the other side of the playoff. I found it really interesting that Alabama was, one, humble enough to know that they couldn't run on Georgia, and two, capable enough with their personnel, with their scheme, to be able to have a game. I mean, Andy, we just saw an SEC team win the win the SEC title and get into the playoff because they couldn't run the ball and they were good enough to not make it matter. <laughs> we are truly in the future times. Uh, well, and, but they hover, actually the they hovercraft could, goes outside they, my window. <laughs> they could run the ball though. They Bryce Young allowed them to run. There was a point where they were they had more yards on fewer carries than Georgia had. Well, on the other side of it, do we think Michigan, who I don't think has the personnel We'll see if they have the humility. Is Michigan just going to try to ram into that Georgia front is the question. Because if they do, it's going to be a bloodbath. And if they can do some creative things and if they can if they can uh, get a little bit uh, creative and, and keep Georgia on their toes, I think they can make it very interesting. I'm not sure that Georgia's going to be able to score enough to make this really, um, you know, as lopsided as the as – the, uh, uh, the Vegas line would suggest. I think it'll be a, a tighter game than that, but I think it's up to Michigan's offense, and that's going to be a fascinating, uh, a fascinating ball game. I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, I think that will be fun too. I, Cade McNamara will get his chance at uh, at his 2022 Heisman moment. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. You know, can can he be more dynamic? And and you know, he's he's been a very competent quarterback all season. He's never really been asked to be more than that. He just doesn't need to, he hasn't needed to. Mm-hmm. So and I think that's what you saw with Stetson Bennett and then when he needed to they didn't necessarily get what they needed out of him. So you know I, I think that that'll be the question for for Cade McNamara and Michigan. Now with Stetson Bennett I, I ask you this David I asked Ari this. Does Kirby Smart need to consider playing JT Daniels in the playoffs? I don't. I, I. I just don't believe that it matters all that much. You get. You get a little bit more arm strength. I just don't. But you I, lose the mobility. Yeah, you lose the mobility, and I don't buy that. There's that much of a difference. Now, would there be a big difference if you had played JT Daniels? Now, granted, he wasn't healthy for that time, but if he's playing throughout October, and November, I think you could talk. You think you could talk me into that? But I. I just don't think there's going to be that much of a difference. Um, and if anything, you you do run the risk of getting worse. I I would not, and I understand Georgia fans' frustration, but it's tough because the injury is very real, and you got things rolling. And it sounds a li- they've been a little dodgy. Um, I know this is shocking that a college football team will be dodgy about injuries, Andrew or uh, Andy injuries, but um, it's. They didn't really have that luxury to play him through, you know, October. 
you know, he wasn't really doing that much. Um, you know, you have to rest that, uh, 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 the oblique injury, which is like you're almost your entire back. It's a lot of pain and it's a complicated injury. You see it a lot more in baseball players, um, actually. So the perfect world is that he plays and, and is been the guy through this, through this run and creates some distance between himself and sets a minute. I just think people want to think that they have this secret weapon in the garage that they can whip out at any time, and maybe that's the case. I guess it's not impossible. He does still have five-star talent. I just don't believe that that's the case. I, I think you're going to get pretty similar results. And people want to knock, you know, last year, you know, Stetson Bennett, the, you know, uh, not being able to stretch the field, not doing those things. He's done a lot of that this year. So I... I just don't I, – I don't know what the difference people think there's going to be if you just roll out JT Daniels, who hasn't really played much meaningful football in quite a while. So, no, I would not make the switch. Um, I think in a perfect world, JT Daniels would be leading the team into this ball game, but he's not. And I still think Stetson Bennett is good enough to win uh, a national championship for Georgia if their defense plays a little bit better. I think you're right about that, and I, I'm reminded of 2017. I watched them just get shellacked by Auburn in Jordan-Hare and then come back and destroy Auburn in the SEC championship game. Now, mm-hmm. on Johnson's injury had a little bit to do with that too, but it's it's possible to do that, and I, I agree with you on Stetson Bennett because if JT Daniels was the better option, they would have been playing him. It's not – this is not a stubbornness situation. Yes. This is a – they're – they're still trying to do the, the the best thing they can situation, and they don't have Bryce Young. <laughs> they, yeah. Now, the, the the better operative question is, should they have a Bryce Young? Yes, they should. If you're going to recruit the way you're recruiting, that's a key piece of it. But that's the that's the thing that that you gotta you gotta factor in. I mean, I I think that's the thing. It's like you do have two five stars on your roster at quarterback. You know, Vandergriff's not ready, and JT Hills has been hurt. I, I I just I think after the pick six, I would have really thought about it. <laughs> I would have really thought about it uh, on Saturday night. But you know, does that make a difference? Probably not in that outcome. Um, so we'll have to see kind of what um, you know what things look like. So Andy, it's bowl season. We have an official bowl lineup. Across the SEC, um, I, 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 you look at this thing. Uh, let's just run through it briefly. I'll run through the matchups, and we will come back and we'll talk about what highlights for us. Missouri and Army get us kicked off in the Armed Forces Bowl. UCF and Florida. How long has UCF been waiting for that game? We'll come back to that on December twenty third in the. Gasparilla Bowl. I miss the bad boy mowers, Andy. I miss it. Uh, Houston and Auburn on the 28th. Me too. <laughs> in the Birmingham Bowl. Mississippi State and Texas Tech. I have a sense we'll be talking about that one in the Liberty uh, in the Liberty Bowl uh, in a little bit. North Carolina, South Carolina. In the Duke's Mayo Bowl. The Music City Bowl. Tennessee and Purdue on December 30th. And then New Year's Eve. Wake Forest and uh, Texas A&M getting them started in the Gator Bowl before the playoff semis on New Year's Eve. The last year of that, thankfully, Andy, I hate it. Alabama and Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, Georgia, Michigan in the Orange Bowl, of course. 
New Year's Day, we get the Outback Bowl, Penn State and Arkansas, Citrus Bowl, Iowa and Kentucky, the Sugar Bowl, Baylor and Ole Miss, and then on January 4th, the Texas Bowl, LSU and Kansas State. Andy, in the non-playoff division, which bowl will you be setting an alarm on your phone, a calendar alert that you will not miss? Well, that UCF Florida game in my state is uh, <laughs> is is a pretty big deal. UCF. Now it's funny because they got a game scheduled now in the regular season, so mm-hmm. uh, Florida will actually have its coach in place by then. Billy Napier is not is not coaching the bowl game here, so it'll be the skeleton crew coaching Florida against Gus Malzahn and and not the UCF team probably that that he envisioned coming into the season because they've had a ton of injuries too, uh, but. Yeah, I, well, I think that, that's, that's my thing. Is culturally, like, I think it you, gets sense, but yeah, yeah. If UCF wins that game, holy cow! And I, I kind of wonder will will there be more UCF fans than Florida fans in the stadium? I, I think there will be. Yeah, if I'm a Florida fan, I don't want to go see that. I mean, yeah, this has been not the greatest season for UCF. Um, uh, understatement of the century to say it's not been the greatest season for Florida. I think this would be really fun if both of these teams were confident they were going to beat the heck out of each other. Uh, so, yeah, I think culturally it's really interesting. And, and But, you know, this game, you know, three years ago or two years ago would be must-see television. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting. Pretty fun, um, but I don't know. Well, you know, we'll see. Uh, Andy, I have to say, not from necessarily a football standpoint, because Texas Tech has hit the reset button. But we get a full week, well, really a month, of Mike Leach being asked about Texas Tech and facing Texas Tech. Uh, that is an unresolved issue, Andy. I think, uh, I think the the uh, uh, the storyline in this game I want to know is if at some point Mike Leach, Mike Leach ever gets that last buyout check from Texas Tech. Uh, I don't know that he will, but um, I, I'm intrigued to see this. I think Mississippi State is, you know, I, I like them pretty big in this game. I think they can slow down Texas Tech and score some points. And uh, Texas Tech has been a little bit shaky, uh, a little bit inconsistent this year. But uh, what do you make of the Leach-Texas Tech reunion? Reunion. Congratulations to the Liberty Bowl. That's a heck of a matchup. Well, I have heard the Texas Tech owes me $9 million speech many, many times. <laughs> we are probably going to get times. it another time so, or two. <laughs> yes. So I am I am ready to hear that. Now, I think there should be some sort of negotiated settlement involving this game. Like, if Texas Tech wins, Leach is never allowed to complain about that again. If, if Mississippi State wins, the chancellor of, che- of Texas Tech should have to present him with a check on the field. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Andy, the next game, I think, on playoff day, New Year's Eve, the Maroon Goons uh, going up against the Wake Forest defense, but... The other side of the ball is what I really want to see. We won't have DeMarvin Leal, it sounds like, uh, going up against that Wake Forest offense. But Texas A&M's defense, the defensive front, uh, going up against Wake, I really want to see that. Pitt did a nice job shutting them down uh, in the really after the first quarter of the AC championship game. I like that game. That's kind of a sleepy, spicy game. Um, you know, A&M has been all over the map this season. We'll see uh, who, who plays for them in that ball game. Uh, when when all the smoke clears of, of opt outs and all that, but I am I'm very excited. I think that's that's one people are sleeping on. If they've got most of their first team defense, I, I think Texas A and M wins this game, and I think they make it a, a fairly low scoring game. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's Wake Forest offense is pr- pretty prolific, but has not had to play this level of talent most of the time. They they did against Clemson, and you saw what happened. So. I think if if A and M has most of its guys on defense, I think they can they can limit Wake Forest offense. I mean, I completely shut it down. Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback, but like that that slow mesh against some of those dudes yeah, that A and M has uh, up front, that's, they, that's pretty nerve wracking, right how there. How many so. times are we going to see a defensive lineman for Texas A and M tackle two people at once in that game? <laughs> that that's what I worry about <laughs> in, in that situation, and that's I'm sure what Dave Clawson is worried about in that situation. Now, I, I will Texas A and M's offense. Score enough. I, I think they can. I, yeah, against Wake, Wake especially, I think they can. <laughs> very good. Yeah, they they had one. Wake had one really good game defensively, and that was the game at Virginia early in the season. And then after that, it was the offense had to score just gobs of points to to keep them competitive. So, I, I think I think A and M, as long as most of the the first line guys on defense show up, should win this game. Yeah, Andy. Is the Outback Bowl going to set a, a record for lowest TV rating in a bowl game in college football history? On New Year's Day. That's cool. Iowa man. and Kentucky. It's a, Andy, these are good teams, but bowl season is about fun. That's the Citrus fun. Bowl, is it not? Oh, yes. Excuse me. The Citrus Bowl. 1 p.m. ABC. Andy, these are good teams. No doubt. But they are not teams that are aesthetically pleasing. The uh, this is gonna be a rough. <laughs> they are one. not. This is gonna be a rough one. Uh, so, listen, Iowa, they're a tough watch. Uh, the Michigan debacle on Saturday. I mean, when they play really good defenses, especially, it's just I, I can't do it, Andy. I can't do, I can't do the 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 the, you know, the six tight end you know throw to the flat for two yards i can't do it i can't do it and we're gonna see a lot of this i i don't i don't want to watch this game andy <laughs> i will make you a bet david oh gosh i will bet you that iowa kentucky rates higher than the f- probably far more interesting for me terms in terms of gameplay Arkansas Penn State Outback Bowl. I'm with so you they're, they're, because they're on most. Yeah, they're on mostly concurrently, but but one is on ESPN two and one is on ABC. Exactly, and you will see the power of <laughs> old people who don't know how to work their cable, who still 
years later don't know how to work cable. Yes, very much so. My parents do not have ESPN, so I have to very I have to get real aggressive with the YouTube TV uh, when I am back in Arkansas, spending time with with them, and it is uh, it's a bit of a task from time to time. Uh, but yes, oh, Godspeed to those of you who sit in for that one. I will say it. Yeah, so actually, I take I take that back. It won't be just old people who can't work cable. <laughs> it, it'll be the double whammy of old people who can't work cable and young people who don't have cable. Yes, the over-the-air. Uh, Andy, I'm very excited to see Ole Miss's offense go up against Baylor's defense. I, I That's going to be a lot lower scoring than people think it is. Um, Wait, can, 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 we, can we time travel back to 2015? Yeah, and, and that's what I'm that? – Get that going. Get the uh, get the the Bryce Petty teams going up against the uh, Swag Kelly teams. Now that's a game I want to see. Uh, this will be a real, two really good teams. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but like I said, this is going to be not the game that people who haven't paid attention to college football uh, think it well, will be. What one of them is going to be running what we know as the Baylor offense, but it won't be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Well, and we'll see. Ole Miss might not have their offensive coordinator. They kept uh, the lane train parked at the station. Congrats to them, especially after this crazy coaching carousel. Uh, but uh, they might not have their offensive coordinator. We'll see. Uh, in Jeff Levy, uh, Andy, who let Missouri get matched up with Army? That's sick. That is sick. Whoever did that, Missouri's defensive front, they've they've gotten better. Uh they've gotten better and improved quite a bit down the last month of the season. But we've seen Army, you know, absolutely lay waste. The Army Wake game was one of the most fun games of the entire season. Uh man, Missouri's defensive front. I hope y'all get prepped. It's gonna be a rough one. It's gonna be a rough one. <laughs> Well, and, and so Steve Wilkes, the Missouri defensive coordinator, who I, I'm assuming will not be Missouri's defensive coordinator next year. Well, I thought I would have thought in that NFL. in November, but I'm not so sure now. Now he might have saved his job over the last yeah, few weeks. We'll see. We, he might he, maybe we hadn't played Army yet, David. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, so that, that could be a tough has, way to has, go into the offseason. Ha, has seemed has seemed underprepared in games involving offenses that you never see in the NFL. Yeah, that's a good point. So now. The triple option, you can go back to, to your time in college, your time in high school. Every coach player has seen a triple option team before, and the principles remain the same. Somebody has to tackle the dive guy, somebody has to tackle the QB, and somebody has to tackle the pitch guy every play. Mm-hmm. That's just – and I realize I'm oversimplifying, but those things must happen. Otherwise, you get shredded. And so – it is one of those that if you drill it for a month, you can look very competent against a triple option team. So maybe maybe we're we're over. I don't. Andy, I just remember because they do have you, time. When Army leans on you, what, what what year was it? The Army Houston game where Army put seventy on. Was that two or three? Years oh, ago? That's what, that, 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 was that was what came to mind when I saw that because. Listen, if you a, that was a, if you don't look well, that good, was a miserable. Was it that was a Vegas Bowl, wasn't uh, it? I don't think it was a Vegas Bowl. I forget. No, what no, it was. no. Houston played in the Vegas Bowl before that. That's right. But yeah, yeah that was a. They, it might have been an arm. Army will just that make you want to quit, game. though. They will make you want to quit if you're not ready for them. And goodness, uh, well, because because when the dive is working, especially 
it's the most demoralizing thing yeah. in football. Because six yards you, every time, you and there's nothing you can do about it. Can't even stop it for a loss. <laughs> yeah, you like there's even if you do your best, it's no game. Yeah. So and then and then if they pop it on you, it's like twelve yards, and they didn't. You know, they're just up front mashing you. Yeah. Well, Andy. It's time for the most important question of bowl season. I am in Charlotte this week. I will be uh, crossing paths with Shane Beamer today. I do plan on asking him about this. Uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl yesterday um, apologized the college football internet for deceiving us a year ago. Andy, I have to say it was overdue, appreciated. Uh, they teased us with a Mayo bath at last year. What was it? Or maybe it's been the last couple of years. Uh, one of the greatest trends. Oh, last year was the first year they sponsored it. No, I'm so. talking about I'm talking about the trend in college sports in general. Uh, of, oh yes, of, the, the, the cheese forget, it bath. The yeah, cheese the it cheese bath. It is bath. I forget how many years you go back on this. Maybe one or two. Uh, my personal the, the, favorite. The bad boy the, lawnmowers lawnmower bath was amazing. Yeah, that was. You know, I think good. it dates back to. Uh, I think it dates back to the Poulain weed eater bowl when they dumped a, a bucket of weed eaters <laughs> yeah. all over. Uh, I Jackie did like Cheryl, the the, uh, the, the cold French games. fries in the famous Idaho potato bowl was probably my favorite. But Andy, the Duke's Mayo Bowl says that uh, if a coach would agree to the winning coach agree to get the Mayo bath, they will give ten thousand dollars to the charity of their choice. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. I I agree. I think Shane's going to be up for it. I don't know if Mac Brown would be. But Andy, Shane Beamer, if will he absolutely was, take a mayo bath. If he was, find me a better moment in college football this season. Mac Brown, try to explain Mac Brown takes a mayo bath in Charlotte to anyone fifteen years ago. <laughs> I like I, college, sports, <laughs> college sports have embraced the absurdity. I think people realize that that's one of the things that people love about it the most. And if we can get a coach in a mayo bath. This whole season's been worth it, Andy, in my mind. Oh, my gosh. I, I cannot wait for this. I am, I am so excited. And I do think Shane Beamer will absolutely do it. You know, he, he's yeah. game for just about anything. I, I mean, I think they're so amazed that they're in a bowl game. I, I will say <laughs> that is one of the best coaching jobs of the season, getting yes. South Carolina, getting that roster to a bowl game. Now, North Carolina doesn't want to be there. Probably they, they expected much bigger things out of this season. We'll see what, what happens with them, who shows up for that game, who's who's in. But, you know, Mac, I think he'd say no. But there are times when, when Mac is very game for things. So, now, I, I will say, as someone who despises mayonnaise, it is the devil's pomade. It is awful. It tastes <laughs> like despair feels. It's the smell that gets me the most. Yeah. So I would need to go in like one of those big delicing showers very quickly after the game. <laughs> I would need to be hit with with high pressure water to get that out of every crevice of my body so I couldn't smell anymore. Cause like the the sheer the smell of that much mayo would cause I, me to vomit uncontrollably. Yeah, probably. I, I would I would struggle with it. I bit into a sandwich, Andy, a couple weeks ago. Heavy mayo. And unencumbered mayo, just the pure stuff, was not for me. Oh, it was raw. Uh, I didn't know. And it was, oh, man. I, I cannot, the pure panic that sets in when you, like, I, I like mayo mixed into some things. I'm a, I'm, I like an aioli from time to time with some other flavors in there. I'll eat some chicken salad. But 
pure mayo when there's too much of it in the sandwich that doesn't quite have enough meat and you're not prepared for it. I didn't know it was there. Andy, it's my nightmare. It was terrible. It was terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I don't understand why people default default to slathering mayo on like when you're at a thing, you're at a function and there are sandwiches or or cut up, you know, the cut up giant sub. Like you don't have to put any condiments on it at all. Yeah. You I'm can with put you some packets this. out and people can pick what they want. It 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 was uh man, I'm just thinking about it right now and I've got I've got chills down my spine. It was it was rough. It was rough. Um I thank you guys for your support. Um but I can just let that out. This is a safe space, so I, I appreciate that. Uh Andy, very excited for bowl season. Uh very excited for the carousel, which not done spinning yet. I uh I'm pretty certain of that. And of course bowl season happens, and you know what happens when people lose bowl games, Andy? They get mad. And people get fired Very sometimes. Mad. Uh so we will see. Oh, uh don't remind me of that. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting next month. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for checking in. Uh, subscribe to this show. Get it delivered directly to your device. Uh, so you don't have to search us out. We can come straight to your phone, myself and Andy, the Andy Staples Show and Friends Feed. Check us out, all kinds of stuff. Power Hour on Tuesdays, One True Pod, uh, Andy and Ari with your reaction shows. You guys are all over the place. Uh, I've lost count of uh, of the shows you guys do. And, of course, Football and Grits every Monday. I am your host, David Ubbin. Joined by my co-host, Andy Staples. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will see you again very, very soon.